the seven miracles of Christmas, the first one I see is the, probably the most obvious, the virgin birth. And this is Luke chapter 1, verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Everyone say, I am favored. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. But Mary said to him, how will this be? I am a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Talking about the virgin birth, I want to I tell you that the reason that this first miracle raises my faith is because I think it is the most perfect definition of a miracle. Uh, you cannot get pregnant if you have not, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel awkward saying it, but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Birds and the bees, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in other words, this was, this was impossible. What Mary could not do, God could do. And that is what a miracle is. When, when we've run out, God takes over. So I believe in wisdom and I believe in planning and I believe in discipline and I believe in living by the word of God and I believe in living by principle. But there are times in your life where you are going to need God to break in and break through in your life and do for you what you cannot do for yourself. You're gonna need a miracle. And this is a perfect example. Mary could not get pregnant and yet God miraculously conceived a baby in her womb. It was a breakthrough of God. It was a break-in of God. It is when the supernatural God breaks into the natural affairs of men and does what we cannot do for ourselves. It is a miracle. And God still does miracles today. Can I hear an amen? She said, I cannot get pregnant. I'm a virgin. How, how is this gonna happen? And here's what he says in verse 37. The angel of the Lord says, nothing is impossible. I love this word, with God. Not nothing is impossible for God, but nothing is impossible with God. Because what God wants to do for you, he wants to do with you. Woo. What God wants to do for you, he wants to do with you. It is impossible with you, but it's not impossible with God. It's impossible with your friends, but it's not impossible with God. It's impossible with your education, but it's not impossible with God. It's impossible with your pedigree, but it's not impossible with God. It's impossible with your history, but it's not impossible with God. It's impossible with your secrets, but it's not impossible with God. It's impossible with your weaknesses and your sins and your struggles and your addictions, but it's not impossible with God. So link up with God. Let God do the heavy lifting and watch God do a miracle. Nothing is impossible with God. It's not that there aren't impossible situations we will face, but we just gotta hold on to the hand of God and say, okay, God, this is too big for me, not too big for you, and we gotta go through this thing together. And what was impossible is no longer impossible because God got in on it. <laughs> Every time you pray, you connect with God. Every time you worship, you connect with God. Every time you give, you connect with God. Every time you fast, and I'm so proud of so many of you fasted and prayed with me the last two Wednesdays, you connect with God. Every time you come to church, you connect with God. You partner with God. 
you connect with God. You're not just doing it for God, you're doing it with God. Because God is looking for children, not just servants. Do we serve? Absolutely. But God doesn't just want us doing things because we have to do it. He wants us doing things with him. He wants to involve us in his plan. Nothing is impossible with God. Are you facing an impossible situation? Let's believe God for a miracle. What you cannot do, what the natural cannot do, God can do. Nothing is impossible. Everyone say nothing Nothing. is impossible with God. One more time. Say nothing Nothing. is impossible impossible. with God. God. Number two, the infilling with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter one, verse 41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. Now here's what happened. Mary comes into the house and tells Elizabeth, I'm pregnant. And Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John the Baptist, Her baby, John the Baptist, leaps when she hears the greeting. By the way, you always want to connect with people that will leap (laughs) when you're winning. If they ain't leaping for you, you might want to find a new circle. If they can't jump for you, if they can't get excited for you, yeah, I just met this great person. They're so amazing. I was just so excited about it. I think there might be. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm just still all alone. And I'm just all alone. If your baby don't leap. <laughs> man, I just got this raise at work. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, man, I just feel like God's breaking. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, I haven't got a raise in like 20 years. Y'all know those people. And be careful if, they're, if they seem to only leap when you face a problem. Man, I just got laid off. And, oh, man, oh, I mean, oh, man, oh, I'm just praying for you. I'm sorry. And there are, that, there are people that are that salty and that petty and that yucky. And some of them are your friends. Some of you are sitting by some of them. <laughs> oh, conviction, conviction, conviction. I, I, I'm looking for people who will leap with me. I'm looking for people who, who will get excited about the win in my life. Mary comes to Elizabeth and says, I'm pregnant. And Elizabeth leaps and her baby leaps. And, and there was a divine connection. But then what happens is Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me get back to my sermon now. The Christmas story is full of the moving of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. The Holy Spirit came upon Simeon when he prophesied. The Holy Spirit came upon Anna when she prophesied. The moving of the Holy Spirit is all over the Christmas story. And it is one of the miracles because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would move and then he would leave. So he would come upon Saul and he would anoint Saul for a work, but then he would leave. He would fill the temple and then it would leave. But in the New Testament, The Holy Spirit no longer just comes upon you. He fills you to overflowing. And now he says, and I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's why the Bible's, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit told John the Baptist, when you see the one that the Holy Spirit comes upon him and remains, that's the Messiah. Because it was a picture of the new covenant believer. That when the spirit of God comes upon you and fills you, he never leaves. 
oh, this is good news because whether you feel God tonight, whether you sense God tonight, whether you feel goosebumps or not tonight, the Spirit of God is with you and He ain't going nowhere. The angel told Mary, because Mary said, how's this going to happen? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. How? The Holy Spirit. As my pastor Jensen Franklin has preached so many times, how? The Holy Ghost. <laughs> How's that door going to open? The Holy Ghost. How's my child going to come to Christ? The Holy Ghost. How's my marriage going to turn around? The Holy Ghost. How's my body going to get healed? The Holy Ghost. How am I going to get creativity and a dream release in my life? The Holy Ghost. It's going to take the Spirit. Y'all, as Christians, we are spoiled, rotten being child of God. Because we have the Holy Spirit advantage. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you as an orphan. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is awesome. We believe in this church, and some of y'all found that out during these prayer times. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of y'all hopped on Facebook and Instagram to pray with me. You're like, oh, this is my pastor. He's super cool. And I started speaking in tongues. You're like, oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> You're like, you're going to love this guy. He's so funny. Ah! Yeah, we, we pray in tongues around here. And we don't do it on, we don't do it on Sundays. We ain't trying to freak out your friends. But I'll tell you what. Some of you are like, he's, he's super cool, I promise. But I'll tell you right now, this church was birthed in prayer, in fasting, in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, in prophecy. We are here because of a prophetic word. We are here by speaking in tongues. We are here. And you go, Jay, why do I got to speak in tongues? You don't have to do anything. One person said, do I have to speak in tongues to go to heaven? I said, dude, I need tongues to go to Walmart. It's scary out there, especially in December. People fighting over rice cookers and camouflage and tennis rackets. It's mean in these streets. Go to Target, all these, all these soccer moms become violent. They get red eyes. Ah! Scary, man. People cutting each other off, trying to get a parking space. Man, I need, I need the Holy Spirit. I do. And we don't force anyone to do anything, and we, and we never make a, a show out of it. And let me just say this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. TV preachers are weird, but the Holy Spirit, not all, but most. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not weird. Now, if you go on YouTube and type in Holy Spirit, you're going to see some weird stuff. Because people are weird. But the Holy Spirit's not weird. Tongues is not weird. A lot of people who speak in tongues might be weird, but a lot of people who don't speak in tongues are weird. People are weird. People are just weird. I know Christians who are weird. I know atheists who are weird. I know straight people are weird. I know gay people are weird. I know white people are weird. I know black people are weird. Y'all guys know somebody weird? Again, you might be sitting next to them, and some of y'all are going, I don't know them. You are them. I don't know anybody weird. I don't know anybody. Yeah. You heard. <laughs> so here's my point. The Holy Spirit is not here to make a show or a spectacle, but he is here to empower you. He is here to take you beyond the natural. And what Jesus called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, John baptized you with water, which was for repentance. And we've done that. Many of you have done that. Where you've been water baptized. That's that sign to the world that I've died with Christ and I'm alive now. 
and new life. But he goes on to say, this is Acts chapter one, verse four, but I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I can be immersed in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is so good because it means that Christianity is not just some good people trying to do good things. Oh, but man, we are being energized and empowered by the supernatural hand of God. We're talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know, they tell us, researchers tell us that more people will commit suicide between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the rest of the year combined. In a 30-day stretch, more people will commit suicide than 335 days. Can I tell you what we need? We need the Holy Spirit. We don't need cute church and we don't need perfect church. And we don't need perfect little sermons for people who act perfect on Sundays. We need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that when we sing, the rain of heaven begins to fall, that when we preach, we feel God's power, that when we pray, we get answers. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and for that spirit of depression and that spirit of death that would try to creep on you, we believe in the spirit of life. We believe in the oil of joy. We believe that the Holy Spirit can come and reverse that thing over your life. Come on, somebody, say amen. Oh, come on, praise the Lord tonight. I, I believe this tonight. I'm, I'm telling you, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, prophecy fulfilled, prophecy fulfilled. Micah 5 says that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. He was. Jeremiah 31 says that there would be an attack on the Hebrew children. There was. Hosea 11 says that the Messiah would hide in Egypt. He did. Isaiah 7 says the Messiah would be born of a virgin. He was. And I could keep going over 300 more times. There are over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus in the New Testament and Jesus fulfilled every one of them. Now that's cool in itself and that's an awesome faith builder. But let me tell you why I really love it. I love it not as a tool for apologetics or to convince someone that our faith is real. I, I, I love it because it builds my faith that if God said it, God will do it. Yeah, that he's not just a promise giver, he's a promise keeper. That if he said it, it shall come to pass. I love the first, the very first prophecy about Jesus is when God spoke to Eve and said, from you will come a child and his heel will crush the head of the serpent. That was about 5,000 years before the Messiah ever showed up. Here, I guess here's what I want to tell you. If God said it, it will come to pass. It just may not come to pass quickly. <laughs> and you know what? I think a lot of you, you want a hot pocket prophecy. Yeah, you want a microwave prophecy. You want a one-minute prophecy. You want, a, you want a cheap word with a cheap manifestation that comes quickly. And you're going to stare in the microwave the whole time just waiting on it. It's getting radiation. Just. I ain't looking for a hot pocket prophecy. I'm looking for a crock pot prophecy. I'm looking for a slow cooker prophecy. I'm looking for something so big that when God says it, my character has to catch up to the word God's put on my life. That God says it, and then I have to go through the process 
because if God did it as soon as he said it, it would be so big it would crush me. So God says it, and that word gives me the faith to go through the valley, go through the process, go through the pit, Joseph, go through the prison, Joseph, go through Potiphar's wife, Joseph, go through all the issues, Joseph, so that when the dream is actually released, I've got the spiritual weight to carry the thing God's put on me. I'm okay waiting as long as I'll see that word come to pass. And some of you have got a word and you're going, is that word ever gonna come to pass? Yes. And the slower it takes, the better it will be. Jeremiah 55, 10, for the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. Do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth in bud. I'm sorry, Isaiah 55. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. God said in the same way that that rain and snow fulfills its purpose. He said, so will my word fulfill its purpose. It shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That is really beautiful. Prophetic and poetic language to say this. God said, if I said it, it's going to happen. Because I don't waste water and I don't waste words. And if I said it, it's going to happen. That's why Jesus said to Satan, he said, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone. He lives by keto. Wait, no, that's not what he said. He lives, man does not live by bread alone. He said, he lives by every word that proceedeth. That's an action word. That's a present word. That's a right now word. He didn't say that proceeded from the mouth of God. He said that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Because if God said it, he's still saying it. If, he's ever, if, if he ever did it, he's still doing it. <laughs> Hebrews 4 says that God's word is alive, living and active. Not dead. It's living and active. That means it's still working today. Can I, can I just tell you? Don't grow weary in well-doing, Galatians 6. That word will come to pass. And it might be taking longer than you expected. That's okay. As long as I have a word, I'm good. And I believe that in God's timing, not my timing, in God's timing, that thing will come to pass. And, this, and the, the Christmas miracles build my faith to believe that if God said it and it came to pass then, God's still saying it, it will come to pass in my life. Say amen, everybody. Number four, number four, angelic visitations. Angelic visitations. We see angels and we see angelic ministries in Luke chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, Matthew chapter two. We see angels all over the Christmas story. We don't pray to angels and we don't worship angels, but we can call upon God to send angels to work on our behalf. Psalm 34, the angel of the Lord encamps around us. Ooh, that's a good promise. The angel of the Lord encamps around us. God says his angel to encamp around us, protecting us. Psalm 91 says that the angel of the Lord will pick us up so that we will not dash our foot against the stone. We're talking about divine protection. It happens through the ministry of angels. Angels are servants of God, Hebrews chapter 1, that are here for our good. They serve the heirs of salvation. We don't serve angels. Angels serve the children of God. Wow. Pretty good stuff. Here's another one, Exodus 23. The angels of the Lord, the angel of the Lord goes before us. Goes before you, making a way. That's awesome because when the children of Israel were led out of Egypt and they were going into their promised land, God said, I'm sending an angel before you to make a way. Wow. Wow. 
<laughs> I don't know if, uh, if you've ever been in your home and you just felt something kind of funky in the house. That's like a really spiritual word. That's a Hebrew word for like icky. <laughs> like just, ugh, something's up. You just feel like you're under attack. You feel like your house is under attack. You, like you and your spouse are mad. You don't know why. Like we're under attack or we're going to attack. You know what I'm saying? Like that. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you have to do, and I've done this many times, where I've just felt like, man, our home is under something. And I'll just pray and I'll say, Father, would you send the angel of the Lord to go before us, to encamp around us and to drive out the enemy out of our home. Whatever attack is on us right now, whatever oppression and heaviness that is trying to come against us as a family, I just ask the angel of the Lord encamp around us, protecting us from the enemy. And I'm telling you, it's like that thing lifts so fast. Talking about angelic visitations. Number five, supernatural direction. Y'all with me? Supernatural direction. I'm only going to go three more hours. I'm going to get through this by 10 p.m. Supernatural. <laughs> One guy. Woo! <laughs> He's kidding, right? Okay. Woo! Yeah. Supernatural direction. Number five. The Bible says that the Magi came, the wise men came in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, and they were led to Bethlehem because they said, we saw his star as it rose. Now, there's been a lot of conjecture and debates and talks about what was the star and I mean, you can Google that and you can just get lost for hours and hours and hours. And there's a lot of guys with a lot of opinions, all of which are fine. I'm not going to get caught in that because if there's too many opinions about one subject, probably nobody really knows the real, <laughs> you know, story. So, uh, so I'm, I'm not going to get lost in that. Here's what I am going to say. These wise men would have left the East, either some part of Asia or Babylon, and they would have come all the way now into Jerusalem and historians, theologians tell us this journey would have taken two to three years. So for two to three years, they have a clear view of the star every night to follow. Every night, God would part the clouds and they would know exactly the direction to go. How many would like, like two to three years of just absolute clarity over your life? Hello. <laughs> Not a good month and then a bad month and, I, and this month I feel really good and the next month I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do and this month I love Vegas and the next month I'm moving back to Cali and then the next month I'm back and I love Vegas and the next month I'm going home to mama and then the next month and how many would like to just get rid of all that confusion and, and you can just have a clear sign from God. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God can give you supernatural direction, clarity. I know what I'm supposed to do. Romans 8 says that... Um, that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. God can lead you and guide you where you know that you know that you know that you know what you're supposed to do. You know the church you're supposed to be in. You know the friends you're supposed to be rolling with. You know the place you're supposed to be working. You know the people that you're supposed to be. I mean, you just know that you, you know it in your knower. That, that gut level intuition, that thing that you just, like when we knew we were supposed to be in Vegas, we knew we were supposed to be in Vegas. We just knew that we knew. And it was like everything led us back here. 
Every, every, everything just kind of pointed back here. And I'm telling you, God can give you that kind of supernatural direction where the fog lifts and the clouds part and you see what you're supposed to do. You, you see the relationships you're supposed to be in. You see the ventures that you're, supposed to, that you're supposed to make. You just know that you know God can give you supernatural direction. Oh, this is good news. I want you to ask God for it because God will answer you if you ask. He said it like this in Jeremiah 33. He said, call unto me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things thou knowest not. God said, if you'll talk to me, I'll tell you the thing that you do not know about. I know about it, but you don't know about it. And I'll release it to you if you pray. Supernatural direction. Number six, miraculous provision. Oh, this one's good. Matthew 2, 11, they entered the house and saw the child with his mother. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests. Yo, treasure chests. Like I have a wallet. I don't have treasure chests. <laughs> I got a shoebox with a little bit of money in it. I don't have a treasure chest. Shannon's like, don't talk about the shoebox. I... <laughs> Uh, I got to hide that again. Okay. <laughs> and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Let me just say this too, because frankincense and myrrh, you're like, what the heck? Frankincense and myrrh 2,000 years ago were more expensive than gold. These were the three most costly materials they could find. And they opened up treasure chests. That's a lot of that. It, they didn't like pull out a little bag. Here's a gold coin. Here's some, here's some frankincense. Here's some myrrh. They, they pulled out chests. <laughs> and they gave this to Jesus. This is a fire, y'all. This is awesome. Now, <laughs> now, did you notice? They entered the house. How many have ever seen a nativity scene or have a nativity scene? Can I see your hand? I found out all day no one actually has a nativity scene in their home. How many actually have one? Oh, well, the six is saved. Okay. <laughs> Literally at the noon, I'm like, who has a nativity scene? One person was like, was like golly. Okay, y'all, so y'all know this. It's wrong. I love it, but it's wrong. Because it has, you know, little baby Jesus. Baby Jesus, we love you. And it has the three wise men. But number one, there weren't three wise men. And number two, they weren't there yet. The, the, the wise men entered the house, not the manger. And they saw the child, not the baby. Yeah, okay. By the way, and they saw his mother, Mary. They never bring up Joseph. Sorry, that's my baby. Oh, my baby. She can walk out. We'll just edit from the tape. Or maybe not. We'll just leave it and it'll be awkward. <laughs> Love you, Goldie. Thanks for ruining my sermon. Ah, <laughs> oh, too harsh. You know what, guys? See you tomorrow. I'm just out. No, I'm just kidding. So, so these men would have been on a two to three year journey. So when they get to the house, Jesus is two to three years old at this time. Now, it wasn't three wise men. They had three different gifts, but it wasn't three wise men. One historian that I read said it could have been up to 300 magi. Okay. This is why, like, when they went to Herod and were like, yo, we're here to worship the king of the Jews, this wasn't three dudes on donkeys. 
this was 300 of the richest of the rich who rolled in, and they would have had armed guards. So somewhere between three to 500 guys roll up to Herod, and they're like, we want to see the king. And Herod freaks out. And the Bible actually says in Matthew 2 that all of Jerusalem was in an uproar over it. This was like the talk of the town. Can you imagine like 500 Rolls Royces just driving into Vegas? Like, what is going? G-Wagons and Bentleys. and It's the talk of the town. And these guys roll into town. And Mary and Joseph, or at least Mary and Jesus at this point, are in the home. By the way, here's another thing you need to know about, about Jesus and Mary and Joseph. When they first, when Jesus was dedicated and circumcised on the eighth day, Luke tells us they gave an offering of two turtle doves. This was the lowest, uh, cheapest offering you could give under the law. It was what the poorest of the poor gave. In other words, it wasn't a lamb or a cow or silver or gold or precious stones or, or whatever. It was just, it was a turtle dove. It was, the, it was what the poorest of the poor gave. So we know that Joseph and Mary at first were very poor. Now, two to three years later, this magi rolls into town. And there they are at dinner on a Tuesday night, I don't know. And they're just eating and they get a knock on the door. And they open up the door and there's 300 dudes from Persia decked out. There's G-Wagons and Bentleys and Rolls Royces and they go, we want to see the baby. And they're like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Mary, make some, make some fish, you know? <laughs> and, and then they open up their treasure chests. So let's just do a minimum of, of two. Full of gold, of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, the most expensive of the day. Th this gift from the research I could find, at a minimum was worth $300,000 and could have gone way up into the multi-millions. Y'all, I'm talking about, that, that's the kind of Christmas present. I'm trying to get this here. I ain't trying to get socks this year. I'm trying to get a treasure chest. Supernatural financial provision that provided for Jesus' whole life. And as many men uh, who wrote said, provided for his whole ministry. So I'm talking about supernatural provision. I'm talking about out of nowhere, a stranger blesses you. I'm talking about supernatural provision. I'm, I'm believing this for your own life. Should, you, should, you should save aggressively. You should spend wisely. You should give generously. You should be very, very smart with your money. But you can also believe for God to open the windows of heaven over your life I'm talking about supernatural provision. Can I get an amen from somebody? If you don't believe it, I'll take yours too. I'm talking about overflow. I'm believing, I'm believing this for our church right now because for us to get the building we need, it's gonna take a miracle. It's gonna take a miracle. It's gonna take, it's gonna take a miracle. Straight up, it's gonna take a miracle. We don't, we don't have the history. We don't have the credit yet. And we've got some money, but we don't have enough. We need a miracle. And I'm believing. I have a friend right now in Dallas who a man, a pastor who's retiring, just gave him a 175,000 square foot church. Like we don't have a church in our city that's 175,000 square feet. This is mega, 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 mega. Just gave it to him. 
I got another guy, in, a friend of mine in Tulsa, who just bought a $50 million building for $10 million. Yo, I'll take one of those. Miracles. Absolute financial miracles. I believe we're going to get one. I, and I believe it's going to come from an unexpected place, an unexpected source. It's going to be an unexpected knock on the door that's going to take us where we cannot go on our own. But I want to tell you that for your own life as well. Can I get some faith in the building? Miraculous provision. Lastly, dreams and visions. After they sowed into the life of Jesus and they gave the gifts, the Bible says they went to sleep that night and while they slept, the, the Lord God warned them in a dream not to return to Herod in verse 12. They got supernatural dreams and visions that dictated their life. Um, when Zechariah saw the angel and the angel told him that he was gonna have a son named John the Baptist, even then they called that whole encounter, a vision. They said, Zechariah has seen a vision. So the Christmas story is filled with dreams and visions. I wanna tell you that this, man, this is such a blessing to be a Christian because according to Acts chapter two, we get to dream dreams and have visions. This is really good news because it means you are not limited by circumstance. You can get a God dream. Thank you, Kanye. You can get a God dream. You can get a God vision. You can, you can go beyond the natural. You can go beyond your last name. You can go beyond your bank account. You can go beyond your education. You can go beyond your limitations. You can go beyond your upbringing. You can, you can get a God dream and a God vision for your life that is bigger than your current circumstance. And now you don't live by circumstance. You live by the vision and the dream. And then once you get the dream from God and the vision from God, then that's what inspires you and empowers you to do everything God's called you to do. Because you now live from the dream, not from circumstance. You now live, you now live from the dream, not from lust. You now live from the dream, not from greed. You now live from the dream, not from, not from instantaneous gratification. I live from the dream. So I don't make decisions today based off of what I want. I make decisions today based off the dream. Oh my God, can I help y'all right now? So, so here's what I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm done with New Year's resolutions. Stop it, stop it, stop it. 2020, I'm gonna make money in 2020. Stop it. I'm gonna get 2020 vision in 20, stop it. This is gonna be my year. Stop thinking about it in a year. I want you thinking decades. <laughs> I want you thinking generations. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get you to think bigger than, oh yeah, 2020 is gonna be my year, it's gonna be a good year. Stop thinking about it in a year. I've got a dream and a vision. I'm living from the dream and the vision God gave me. And every year is serving that. And every day is serving that. And every moment is serving that. Ah, it's gonna be my year. Wow. How many times are we gonna say that? How many times are we gonna write down New Year's resolutions that we're gonna break by January 14th? How about we get a dream? Oh man, it got quiet. I should have ended, I should have ended when I was up, when I was up. So see, like, I, we got a we got a dream for our daughter and for and for our children that we want to have in the future. We want to pay for their college, we're gonna pay for their weddings. And we're going to buy them a home. 
Now, I can't do that today. Today, I can buy her a Barbie house, not a house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I'm making decisions today based off of where I want to be in 20 years. So there's a lot of things I don't have today that I could have. There's a lot of stuff I could enjoy today that I don't enjoy because I'm, I'm making decisions today based off of the dream. I went, to, I went to Orange Theory this morning with Luke. Shout out to Luke. Give me some, if you can stand up. I don't know if you can. We're sore. Come on, get it. Yeah, yeah. It, it hurt this morning, 7 a.m. Me and Luke and uh, Hector went and uh, Molly, I think, I think her name is. We were all there, four of City Lighters in, uh, in, in Orange, lighting it up. And so... Um, Lighten it up. Ah, oh, it's cheesy. I didn't even mean to say that. I just meant to like, ah, we were going for it. So anyway, so we're working out. And I'm working out not because I'm like, yeah, I got to work out because 2020 I'm going to, yeah, or I just don't, like, I'm not trying to have a heart attack when I'm 60. So I've had to, so I'm making some decisions now for the dream. Because the Bible promises me that I'm going to enjoy my grandchildren. That's what the Bible promises me. But when the Bible was written, there wasn't an In-N-Out burger. And if it would have been, if there would have been an In-N-Out, when the Bible was written, they would have said, you will enjoy your grandchildren as long as you don't eat too many double-doubles. Because if you're trying to do a double-double every day, you ain't going to see your grandkids. You're gonna... There wasn't Raising Cane's when the Bible was written. Amen. There wasn't Doritos. Praise the Lord. Can I get a praise for the Doritos? Okay, anyway, stop, stop, stop. I'm hungry. I don't know why I'm hungry right now. Here's my point. So I've got to make some smart decisions today to see the word fulfilled in my life. So I'm, I'm making decisions today for the dream and the vision. Woo. Making financial decisions, health decisions. I'm making money decisions. I'm making decisions today because I have a dream and a vision. And the dream and the vision is not I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the lotto or... Or some, some rich person's going to like me and give me millions of dollars. Or, and I'm down with all that if that happens. Well, I've never done the lottery. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not planning on going and putting a thing in a, what are those things called? And, you know, hit it big, slot machine. Not that, we don't do that. <laughs> we, we live by wisdom. Amen. Some of you are like, we don't? No, yeah, we don't. <laughs> like, I've been doing this all wrong. Yes, you have. <laughs> we, <laughs> we. <laughs> so I'm making decisions on the dream. The dream is to give my kids homes. The dream, and I know, and I have friends who have done it. I have mentors who have done it. The dream is to pay for the weddings. The, the dream is, are y'all hearing me? So I'm making decisions. I know what I want our marriage to feel like in 10 years, in 20 years. I want to like my wife when we're in our 50s. Yeah? Can I get a 50 amen? Can I get a 50-year-old amen? Okay. So, so, we're, so we make decisions. We go on date nights and we're very honest with each other. And we talk and we, we do stuff. <laughs> I, started, I wasn't trying to go there, but we stay close. <laughs> Hallelujah. I felt the anointing. I'm not hungry anymore. I'm, we stay close. Stay close. Stay close. Turn to your neighbor and say, no, no, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Look straight at We... Praise the Lord. We make decisions based on the dream and the vision. 
the, 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 the wise men were wise because they made decisions based on the dream. Not on circumstance. They made, they made decisions based on the dream. You got to learn how to make decisions based on your dream and your vision, not your circumstance. Hmm. These are seven miracles of Christmas. And I want you to believe for them. I want you to believe that, man, God's going to do something in your life. And we do all we know to do. But then we believe for the supernatural intervention of heaven. Where, 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 where we look at God and go, how's this going to happen? This is, this is big. And God says, I'm going to have to get personally involved in your life for this thing to come to pass. Anybody want that to happen in your life? Come on. Come on, let's give God the best praise we can give him tonight.